Everyone, Dave and Jeff, it is February 23rd on a Sunday night. We're watching MLB Network. Yeah. And it's uh, from a game about eight hours ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spring training baseball. Dave, I was thinking yeah. about driving down. It's such a weird time. Yeah. Right now, you just kind of the whole, everything is in limbo right now. Over the next couple of weeks, we remember it from talk radio days where End of February is okay. I mean, if you're an NHL fan, tomorrow's the trade deadline. A lot of trades have already happened. Yeah. NBA, we're kind of home stretch, I think, right now. I think if your team's in the playoffs, you're like, okay, where are they going to end up? If your team is like mine and out of the playoffs, you just want to get to the end of the year. <laughs> it's so early in spring training that you really don't have any storylines at this point. And then uh, NFL, we're just kind of in a lull until the season starts with free agency and everything else so yeah it's just kind of a a different time right now you know it's funny you say this because you sit there and you start thinking about things that are important in your life and i'm not mm -hmm. just saying this month of february everyone knows if you do what we do in february it's the worst month of the year you know after the super bowl it just it drags yeah and you're looking for topics and i'll, I'll never forget 2012 where jeremy lynn saved oh, us but insanity but <laughs> But when I, I sit here and I turn on sports radio, mm -hmm. I go, I'm not going to give my time to this anymore. Like I've, I've made a decision that for years I go, okay, well, how many times can I talk about or listen to subjects about Dak Prescott? Is he worth yeah. the money? It's like, fuck, who gives a fuck? Nobody. And I, and then where's Tom Brady going to play? Uh, they aren't going to give you the answer. So no. you know what you do? You say, I got to do better things with my life and I fucking yeah. get away from it. And I nothing against Mike and Mike or Woods or Costa. Dude, I haven't listened to jack shit, man, this entire month well, when it comes to, to local sports radio or anything having to do with the Dallas Cowboys. If it has something to do with baseball, yeah, I'm in. But right now, all that stuff that I used to be interested in, completely, it's a waste of time. I'm going to find something else to occupy, occupy my time. I, I've actually paid attention to two things over yeah. the last couple of weeks. First has been the L.A. Kings. Because Rob Blake, Kings are terrible. Yep. But I don't know if you're a hockey fan, you would know the Kings, like the Padres, have the number one farm system in hockey. Number one. Yeah. And so Rob Blake, former player, leading into the deadline tomorrow, has done an incredible job of trading off players that had been part of the championship Stanley Cup teams in 2012 and 2014. Tyler Toffoli, Kyle Clifford, Alec Martinez, and building more assets. And it's really a parallel road to what the Padres have done. And that's what I have been doing as well, is watching the Padres to see, is Preller going to pull off any more moves kind of before we get closer? Yeah. But Dave, I, I, I went, I took my sons today to Mission Bay. Okay. Went to Mission Bay yesterday. We went back to Mission Bay today. What did you do yesterday at Mission Bay? Yesterday, uh, we didn't do a whole lot yesterday. We got there in the afternoon and just shot hoops. Okay. In the afternoon. Really fun. It looked good. I saw pictures. Looked yeah. Like a good time. Yeah. And then, uh, and then today, throwing the football and then shooting more hoops and just kind of running around. But I 
brought the Union Tribune with me today. And below the fold, Mark Ziegler had a column that uh, something along the headlines of Kobe Bryant and, you know, team sports, travel ball, pays the price, whatever. Um, um, paraphrasing. Okay. But I went into it, and I immediately wanted to hate that column. Yeah. I immediately wanted to hate that column. I was waiting for, for Mark Ziegler to take a holier-than-thou attitude. And, man, I read it. I go, fuck, this is really good. And it's really good, Dave, because as I was sitting at Mission Bay yesterday and I was sitting at Mission Bay today and hanging out with my sons, yeah. man, I don't know if they play another minute of organized sports. But I'll tell you this. They play probably 10 hours of hoops every week. And every weekend, they got me and my tired old arm yeah. cranking out about 50 passes as they do one-on-one drills against each other and think it's great. But Mark Ziegler wrote something that I thought was really, really good. And he was talking about Kobe Bryant and the intensity of youth sports you know that team that Kobe had at the Mamba Academy practiced seven days a week? And I, I'm i telling you, man, I think my sons, they run half marathons. Yeah. They go back into training next weekend for a half marathon. Like I said, they swim all, all summer. They play basketball. They play football. They do all those different things. They are not, they have zero interest in anything that's going to require them to, to practice two hours a day, seven days yeah. a week. And I can't say I blame them. I think these travel teams have sucked the life out of what used to be great for youth sports. And they're just making guys, I don't know. I don't know any of their buddies that play. They sit there and throw the football and shoot hoops for hours on end, but they don't have to run, uh, you know, half court. They don't have to do all this shit. They played at the Croc Center and they loved it until the coaches got too serious. And about 10 guys were like, well, we'll just go shoot here. We'll just go shoot at the park. Who the fuck's this guy? It's not George Carl. Why are we listening to him? At what age was this? Uh, within the year. Within the last so year, they're, they're yeah. like, uh, done. Done. But again, they're not sitting in all day playing video games. They're out. Yeah. Running. Athletic, like I said, man, they played probably two hours of hoops last night, another two-hour hoops today, hour and 20 minutes of throwing the football around today till I was like, I think I need surgery. <laughs> um, and they're perfectly fine with it. They don't need a hat that says, you know, Bob's Barbecue on it or anything else. And I just, I read that, and I thought the Ziegler column was really, really good. Because I know of all their buddies that showed up at their birthday, uh, they all came up playing Little League together, and there's one kid still playing Little League. Still plays. Uh-huh. How good of a player is he? Um, I, I don't know the answer yeah. to that. Great kid. Yep. Loves it. They love it, too. Yeah. But they would much rather be Sandlot. They want to be Sandlot guys. Now, maybe it'll be different when they get to Helix, but, I mean, the guys that are playing for Helix have been playing nonstop. Yeah, they're the club ball guys. But um, but I tell you what, man, I they don't have any regrets. No, well, not everybody's going to be a professional athlete, 
Right. Matter of fact, the majority of you are not going to be professional athletes or have kids who are going to be professional athletes. Right. Just the odds are. I mean, Charles Barkley used to say this line all the time and people would laugh. He couldn't be more right. It is easier to become a doctor than to be Dr. J. Yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. the way it is. And how many guys are born with the genetics? Yeah. So I, I give an example. One of the things I always say when I coach baseball, I go, there are three things. I should, we could have said this in front of Brett the other day. He would tell you the same thing. There are three things that make a professional baseball player, and you only control one of them. Okay? Your genetics. How good is your yeah. eyesight? Is yeah. your eyesight better than 2020? Yeah. Guess what? You, there's nothing you can do basically to fix it. Nope. And if your parents didn't give you eyesight better than 2020, you're kind of fucked. You're fucked, buddy. Guess what? Do you have great fast twitch muscles? Because you yeah. can't improve, the, improve those either. So if you weren't born with great eyesight or born with great fast twitch muscles, you are completely fucked. Oh, and the third one is everyone else that has those two things, are you going to outwork those guys on your skills to become better than that guy? Yeah. And that's the time and commitment that Kobe Bryant was doing with those kids that, hey, I have a dream of being a pro. But to be honest with you, when it comes to being a professional baseball player, not everybody can do it. No. I didn't have the eyesight to fucking do it. That's no. for sure. I couldn't. I couldn't know I could hit a but baseball going 100 could, miles an hour. But at least when we were 12, you could still go play ball. You could play organized ball in your neighborhood. Yeah. And not feel like you had to be Nolan Arenado. And hit 285 because you were seven, and the guy who owns the local uh, ceramics store had dreams of being Dusty Baker, and he's going to make sure you fucking hit. Well, well, there's different levels because you can't rip on everybody that's doing this because it does work for some people. Like look at yeah. Le look at LeBron James. Like yeah. people saw, hey, this kid has a crazy talent. He's also oh, six yeah. foot eight, and he can jump through the roof, and he's fast as shit. But there's there's little league baseball. You know, there's the YMCA. There are these organizations that don't keep you from playing. It's just, will it get you to the level of... No, but being... the problem is, Dave, right now for kids at this age, they have made those games so competitive. Well, what are you supposed to do? They keep score at Helix, too. No, I got it. But I'm saying there's not even... I mean, you're talking about benching kids that are eight for the entire game. Eight years old is ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Eight, okay. Eight, eight, yeah, but your kids are 12 now. No, I got it. But you're you're saying... I watched what happened at Rolando Little League. At yeah. Rolando Little League in, in second, third grade, fourth grade for these yeah. guys. That's a coach's problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I agree. I thought you were like, putting down travel sports. Oh, no. I'm just saying. But in general, like these coaches all, yeah. it feels like a lot of them have that same mentality that this is their, their fast. Yeah. They're going to be the next Jace Tingler. <laughs> Does anybody say I want to be the next Jace Tingler? Uh, I had a buddy of mine at work yes. who's over at spring training today. Yeah. And he's taking pictures with Will Myers. And then he told me he met Jace Tingler afterwards. And after meeting Jace, he's excited about the year. Okay. <laughs> so it, it, here's here's the funny thing. I had a, I had an opposite experience of, than you did this weekend. Mm. I just got back from, just came from your neighborhood, basically. I just got back from San Diego State mm -hmm. about an hour ago. And... While I was at San Diego State, I went because it was USC playing San oh, Diego yeah, State. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Cool. And I'm thinking, God, this is crazy. And I, yeah. I, I saw the post. I don't know if you saw the post. But in the post, it's Ben Ramirez, Luke Ramirez's yeah. little brother, who plays shortstop for USC. And you can see, as he's up to bat, you could see that Casey Schmidt, third baseman pitcher for San Diego State, is right there. Well, these two grew up oh, yeah. together. I was lucky enough to coach them when they were 11. We won a, a couple titles, and, and forget that. No one knocks on my door, just so people know, to say, can I see that plaque? No, just like yeah. Jeff says. At that age, who gives a fuck? 
Right. Um, but at the same time, these were two little kids that didn't play in high school ball together, won a CIF together. And I'm watching, and I almost had to think for a second, I'm watching San Diego State, a D1 school, yeah. and I'm watching USC, yeah. which everybody knows. And these fucking kids are representing these universities, and they're the two best players on their team, and they're both going to get drafted in a few months into the major leagues. See, that's awesome. That was crazy. Yeah. To, to, you know, it was, really, it was nuts. Just to go, that was a few years ago. Look yeah. how quickly these guys grew up. Um, I'll tell you though, when I coach, I do something a little bit different. Of course, I don't do what your coaches did to your kids. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Everybody should be playing an equal amount at eight years old. That's insane. Um, but, but one of the things I do, you've been in high school, I encourage you to go play another sport. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm right. a, I mean, I love baseball and I'm the baseball coach. I'm not the football coach or basketball coach, but I always say, Hey, if you want to go play another sport, go ahead. Cause I know a lot of high schools don't let you do that. But then I just say, when you come back, you're competing against everybody. I'm not oh, giving yeah. you a pass. But at the same time, if you're an athlete, we all know whether that athlete in school that could play three sports and be the best in all three. Fuck, yeah. So if you're good enough to make the baseball team, fantastic. I won't penalize you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, go ahead and do something you might enjoy more. Yeah. Maybe well, it may work, help you. May, might make you a little faster. Might work out some muscles that you didn't know you had. Yeah. You, whatever. But nowadays, man, they want you to pick a sport at such an early age and stay with one freaking sport, and that's it. You know, whether it's yeah. football, basketball, baseball, whatever. It just it's just one thing. It is a lot different from when you and I were were kids, definitely. Um, but the eight years old thing to ruin baseball for an eight year old kid is is insane. And look, I'll say this: if it's travel ball where I'm paying and the kids are paying, fuck yeah, put the best team out. Yeah, I I don't have any problem with that at all. Where you're paying, it's kind of the next yeah. level up, right? You go, yeah, of course. But when they let that trickle down to Pop Warner and Little League. That's where I'm like, fuck, man, you're wrecking the sport. Yeah. Travel ball, you know what you're getting into. If, if you're good enough to play, and yeah, those are the guys. But for the dudes that just yeah. want to go out and get dirty and play the game and have some fun, those are the coaches, I think, probably is to clarify my original thing. But, but goddamn, Dave, even for the Mamba mentality, seven days a fucking week well, when they, you're a kid. Well, that, that's, that's what the parents want. I mean, that's obviously they believe. Don't that you burn the kid out ultimately? Hopefully, parents are smart enough to understand when it becomes a job and it's still fun. Yeah, you know, it's kind of not to sit there and throw a bunch of stories. And I'm an expert at this. I'm just saying I, I've watched a lot. I had a, my son Jake, who was a good baseball player. Yeah, wasn't like Josh or even Casey Schmidt and those guys. He loved playing, loved being around his friends. Right, but he decided at 12, I want to be a football player. Yeah. And so it was different. So I get, I talk to, honestly, I talk to at least 30 professional teams every week because I have a kid on my high school team that's going to get drafted. I get kids that I used to coach. They ask me about, they want to know everything about these kids. Yeah. Out of all the kids I ever coached, I said this to Casey a couple hours ago. I said, you're the one guy that I always say, he just wants to play baseball. He was like yeah. this in T-ball. It's not going to be about, hey, if you, you give him a bunch of money, he's going to go buy a bunch of gold jewelry and spend it on a bunch of cars. Right. He just is a baseball player. This kid was born to play baseball more than any kid I ever met. Yeah. And it just he just loves the game. And if you can't realize if your kid absolutely loves it, then it's yeah. time to find what his passion right. is, whether that's playing a musical instrument or whatever. Yeah, doing whatever. I would say this, too, as a parent. Man, try to get your kid to play at least one high school sport. At yeah, least I agree one. with that. Because it's such a great experience, and it teaches you a lot of things, and it's a lot of social skills that you learn being part of that team, whether you're the best guy, the mid-range guy, or the last guy on you're the right. bench. 
there's so many social skills that they will learn throughout that they will go back to for the rest of their life. Uh, shit, man, our team's at San Diego that I had for my ACL got blown out. I don't know. It may have been a blessing in disguise. Our teams were brutal, but we had some of the best fucking guys in the world on those teams. Yes. Our coaches were amazing, and we just had a blast. We just had a goddamn blast. And I was laughing uh, last week in uh, in Denver. Yeah. Talking about Sal Anessi, who oh, went yeah. to Colorado. Sal was the quarterback at Vista, threw for about 911 yards against us. <laughs> uh, uh, Darren Norris uh, went to El Camino. Tommy Booker was on Vista with Sal Anessi. All these dudes just goddamn. Like 900-yard games against us. Jaime Maramontes and Fallbrook. Fuck. Fuck. Stop throwing the ball. <laughs> but but it kind of reminds you that, that you're not always hot shit and that you may not be whatever. But at the end, you walk out and you go, God, that was really good. All right, here's my question yeah. for you. 40 years ago yesterday, where were you? <laughs> How do you not know what this is? It's been all over the sports for three days. Oh, you're talking about Miracle on Ice. Yeah. What do I, you remember? Oh, fuck. I was in Nashville, Tennessee. Had no yeah. idea what was going on. My dad had to tell me what was happening. We, I lived in Minneapolis at yeah. the time, and Herb Brooks was the coach of the Gophers. Yes. So that team, I think even more of an impact for everybody locally than say Brian Dutcher, Steve Fisher had with the Aztecs. Herb Brooks was the man because they televised the high school hockey tournament. So you watched a lot of these dudes on TV from the time they were a sophomore, junior, yeah. senior in high school. Then they went on and played college. Dave, the guy who was the backup goalie on that team, Steve Janizak, which tells you a little bit about Herb Brooks. Steve Janizak had been the starting goalie for the Gophers, never touched the ice. Guy was incredible. But amazing. It, Herb went with Jim Craig. But you see all these articles, and I was thinking about it at lunch today. I was telling my sons, there was a guy from my hometown, uh, from Richfield, a guy named Steve Kristoff was on that team. Yeah. A uh, bunch of guys that we knew from the Gophers were on that team. Were there when you were there and this was going on? Was uh -huh. there had to be news stories every single night, right? On this, on what well, was happening. I'll tell you how crazy it was. And I was telling my sons this today. I got home from school and listened to that game on the radio. Really? Now everybody talks about Al Michaels and Do You Believe in Miracles? Yeah. I've never once seen an article about. I could not tell you. Who called that game on the radio? Because I did listen to it live. And I was saying to my sons, they didn't even brought because Miracle was on today on ESPN. Okay. We went to lunch and it was on in the background. And I was saying, I go, I go, they didn't even televise this live. You couldn't watch it live. Yeah. And my son said, how come? I was like, because they were expected to get the shit beat out of them. <laughs> um, but we listened to it in the afternoon. And I've never seen anything. Al Michaels and the whole Miracle on Ice team was in Vegas last night, at least. Um, as many, Bob Sutter passed away. Um, Mark Pavlich is in fucking jail because he's nuts. 
and Herb Brooks passed away in a car yeah. accident. But I think the majority of the rest of them were in Las Vegas last night, including Al Michaels. Um, but I, Dave, I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you who's the radio guy that called it live for anybody who listened. But because that was our guys playing on that team, just like if you had, it's hard to make the analogy, but if you had, I don't know, what what team could carry over? Padres in the World Series, I guess. And if you couldn't see it on TV, you're going to try to find it on the radio. Or like I did last night with the Aztec game against UNLV. I had that game with Ted on the radio. Yeah, I listened to that game on the radio and lost my shit. Went crazy. Couldn't <laughs> what, believe it. What time was it when the mid game? Mid-afternoon. Okay, so mid-afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I had gotten out of school. Because, so. I mean, for me, at least, I didn't know until at night. Yeah. You know, as you said, I, I didn't know what was going on. I don't think my dad knew. I don't. We weren't a big yeah. hockey family. No, I feel like it was it's really funny, man. Like, I can, I can remember going back and forth with my stepdad, who I never had much of a relationship with, but he and I connected on that team because we both love gopher hockey. Yeah. And Herb was the man. Um, yeah, mid-afternoon. I feel like that game ended at wow. about 5.30 Central time. It would have been about six thirty Eastern time. How much do you remember listening to the whole thing? Like, like you're um, waiting for it to start. At least the second and third. Okay. At least the second and third period. Yeah. And and my favorite line of that whole thing is when they go to the gold medal game. Herb Brooks tells him, "You don't win this game, you'll take it to your grave." <laughs> Can you imagine a dude telling you that? He was so right. Every guy, though, that was asked about it last night in Vegas goes, God damn, he was exactly right. If you don't win, you'll take it to the grave. In a game, you're supposed to get the shit kicked out of you? No, no, no. If they had not won the gold medal oh, okay, game. Okay, got it. The uh, Because the Russia game was their yeah, final exactly. four game. Was... And then you go to play Finland yeah. for the gold medal. That's funny as shit. And he told him, you don't beat Finland, you'll take this to your grave. It's exactly true. Would have been the all-time. But, like, they, but they won, and they're still taking it to their grave. Well, no, I mean, they, they win the gold medal. <laughs> I got you. But what if they were the silver medal team? We're not talking about that team you know like what? we are now. If you if you was you or me in that locker room, take it easy. It's not even fucking running this shit live. Calm down. Relax. Some punk kid in Minnesota is listening to this fucking shit. Nobody yeah, cares. Some asshole. Nobody Calm down, cares. plaid pants. Who's calling this game? Jordan Carruth? Yeah. Who gives a shit? I just, Al saw, I just saw Jordan. <laughs> Al Michaels said the only reason why they gave him the game was because he had called one hockey game in his past. No way. That's how he got the That's hockey assignment story. at Lake Placid. He called one game his whole life and he's doing the Olympics. Yeah. That's they gave fucking hockey. nuts. What, I'll tell you the other thing. That's cool. Jim Lampley to this day gets choked up when he talks about that team. Okay. Go ahead. Jim Lampley gets choked up when he gets chicken grease on his pants. No. I tell you what, I've never missed Lampley more than last night. Yeah. For the the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight. I watched it. Joe Tessitore is shit. Told you. He sucked. <laughs> Goddamn Lennox Lewis has jumped the shark. He sucked. And how about the Gypsy King? Dave, I was concerned about Deontay Wilder. Yeah. When he started bleeding from the ear. When he started bleeding from the ear and you could tell that he wasn't the same. Now, I don't know if he broke his jaw, too, because the way the the amount of blood that he was spitting up in the corner yes. made you think he had broken his jaw. But when he got knocked down in the second round and came up and was bleeding from the ear, 
That's usually, I will give the ESPN guys credit. That's usually, I mean, you could just have a cut, right? Yeah. You could cut the, the side of your ear. But if it's bleeding from there, you could have punctured your eardrum. And that's going to fuck up your equilibrium. Of course. And something happened, taking nothing away from Tyson Fury. But there's no way, no way that I have no problem with Fury winning the fight. He dominated that fight. Deontay Wilder is a much better fighter than what we saw last night. And it made me concerned that there was something more serious. His corner did a horrible I job. I couldn't agree more. Awful. Couldn't agree more. I didn't know you were watching the, the, the fight live. Yeah. Watched the whole thing. Yeah, I did and, too. And to me, what I'm always watching, I, I was really proud to spend a couple of years with USA Boxing. I almost yeah. went back this year. It's just... Scheduling conflicts don't really allow me to do it. But I was so proud of the medical team that we had at any show because if we saw anything, we were instructed to make sure the doctor was up there immediately and go, yeah. hey, man, check that out. Like, hey, doc, sh like whistle, time out. This dude's bleeding from the – now, our guys are in headgear. Yeah. But my point being that we had the opportunity to say – Hey, man, this dude's leaking. He leaking. <laughs> World star. Um, and Tessator. Yes. Yeah. Tessator and Andre Ward and Lennox Lewis. Like, nobody talked about it. You go, dude, this is, he's off. He can't, He his balance is off. His whole, everything was off. And, uh, but, goddamn, Tyson Fury's great. It, it was, it it was such an interesting fight, and if you would have said, "Hey, you want to place a bet?" I would have said, "No, I, I don't no. know who's going to win." Well, that's why I put on Twitter. I go, "I haven't had a fight right in eleven years, oh. so give me uh, Deontay Wilder, Did and the streak continues." Sure. Oh my gosh! So I'm I'm watching it, and I Josh was on me saying, "Hey, you can order this fight," and I, we went back and forth. He was working, and then I said, "Dude, I'm ordering the fight." I said, yeah. "You're going to see it." He missed the whole fucking thing, so I'm sitting there watching this thing anyway. And he goes, "What did you think?" I said, dude, I don't know if Wilder won five seconds of that fight. No. It was it was crazy. So I'm going to ask you as a judge, because mm -hmm. I know people are probably screaming at their TVs all around the place. Mm -hmm. When Wilder is is entangled and Tyson Fury has his like left arm over his head and he's yeah. holding him down, almost in a headlock. Yeah. It, it, there's nothing to, to stop it. I mean, I was thinking that's like 300 pounds just well, forcing him down every time, exhausting him. Kenny Bayless eventually did take a point away from him. Is that what he took the yeah. point for? I thought yeah. it was maybe punching him while they were tied up. No, just okay. hanging on to him. No problem with that at all. No problem with the God, stoppage. That was a great strategy. Yeah. I mean, just did it. Here, Here's the thing for people that may not have paid attention to Tyson Fury. His He comes from a family of gypsies. Like yeah. He is a really unique, likable guy. I mean, he's the guy that you may have seen two or three years ago. When he wins a fight and he, I, God, I'm trying to think of who it was that he beat. And he starts singing Aerosmith in the ring to his wife. Don't want to miss a thing, right? He's yeah. just cool. And then all of a sudden, man, shit crashed for Tyson Fury. And he went through and that's why anybody that has listened to this show, man, he hit rock bottom. Yeah. He dealt with alcoholism. He ballooned to 400 pounds. He got out of the game. He was really, really in trouble. And he figured out, what do we always say on this show, man? Champions stand up when others stay down. 
he found a way to get back up and worked his way back. My feeling is on the fight December 1st of 2018, I don't think Wilder took him serious. And Fury kicked his ass in that fight. Deontay Wilder hit him and knocked him down in the 12th round. I go, holy shit, Fury's done, and he got up, and that fight ended up being a draw. I kind of still felt, though, even though Fury had been knocked down twice, that he won. But I thought going into the fight last night, with the amount of weight that Fury was carrying and what Deontay Wilder probably learned in the first fight, I really thought Wilder would use that to his effect. Yeah. Uh, but son of a bitch, man. Tyson Fury did it, locked him up, tied him up, wore him out, and then hit him in the second round in that ear. And terrible Mark Breland and the other guy in the corner of Deontay Wilder. Shit, it reminded me of the Tyson fight against Buster Douglas. They had nothing to say to Deontay Wilder yeah. to get him out of the funk. You're right. I didn't I don't know what they were doing to check him. Like, is he concussed? Is he have a busted eardrum? But, I mean, I saw the one corner guy giving Mark Breland shit for throwing the towel in. Fuck that. They, there will be another fight for Deontay Wilder. Anybody who says that was a bad stoppage, you really don't know shit, and you should stop talking. Hey, the way I looked at it, I paid a lot of fucking money. It's entertainment. I want to see that motherfucker down. <laughs> That's why I look at it. I don't give a shit if you have another fight. I paid 80 bucks. <laughs> Is that what they shook you down for? Yeah, it's $80. I want to say, dude, damn. if you're standing there and your hands are still up, and that yeah. fucking guy says, stop the fight. Fuck you. Have you ever seen Rocky IV? It's not even close. <laughs> fucking, yeah. does, uh, honestly, as an entertainment purpose, his arms were still up. There was no. Yeah, the, no, the he was done. Didn't, no, the referee didn't stop it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's bullshit. I paid yeah. $80. Didn't there was Who a, gives we didn't see shit? That. Well, hey, guess what? I paid uh, about it's 100 the, and watched. It's the, it's the biggest fight in 30 fucking years, and they fucking blew it. Boxing blew it again. How do you, what are you saying? The, how often do you see a fight stop with a towel unless it's goddamn Barbara Streisand in the main no, event? He, Kenny Bayless stepped in right at the same time, too. That's that, not what they said at the end. At the no, end of the course, thing, they said, his, back, yeah, they said yeah. Well, his corner stopped it. He yeah. wasn't going to stop that fucking fight. And I was looking at his arms. That's what I was looking for. Can he defend himself? He was, yeah, and he I'm had like, nothing. How much did he make? 50 million bucks? What did he make yesterday off that fight? 28. Oh, Christ sakes. For $28, you fucking go out and you wake up again. Okay? You, you be asleep <laughs> well, a little bit, then you get the fuck up and you go cash your big check, asshole. Well, Deontay Wilder actually agrees with you. Good. But you should fire everybody in his corner. You're right. They didn't give him any advice none. at all the whole fight. What do you need those assholes for? You would have been a better help to them. Oh, yeah. We'd have got him squared away. Tell him, keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. Come on, bitch. Yeah, he was done. Oh, he was done. I agree yeah. 100%. Yeah. But guess what? He was done in the second round. Yeah. In the second it, round, you knew he wasn't going to win. No, but but there's, like, I'll tell you this. Andy Ruiz, yeah. who fought Joshua a couple of months ago and showed up at 300 yeah. pounds, honestly, they should have just beat the shit out of that guy every round for being a complete fucking joke. <laughs> Wilder came in in great shape. He was ready to go. He was motivated. And he could have gotten really, really fucking hurt in that fight. Like, he just, yeah. he wasn't able, I mean, the rule of the fight is you got to be able to intelligently defend yourself. And I didn't feel like he was able to defend himself. Like, he just had nothing, and nobody was looking at him. And Mark Breland, who's been in the ring at the highest level, Mark Breland looked at him and goes, my fucking guy is going to get his head taken off unless I do something right now. 
But didn't you feel that way, honestly, in the second round? That th- this thought, I oh really my God, thought, this is a big mismatch. I really, I thought, I mean, I heard what the corners said that Wilder has one punch power. Yeah. But from about midway through the fifth, uh, maybe even the fourth, you go, dude, he just, he looked like a guy, like he just could not find a way to get his punches off. Oh, you couldn't. I mean, it, no. it reminded me of that old thing when, the, you know, the old little rascals, the guy put his hand on your forehead and yeah. just holds the length distance and yeah. you're just sitting there swinging away. But he couldn't get close enough to him. Right, but we've seen, I mean, Tyson used to fight at 218, and he fought guys that were much bigger, and he would just get oh, inside. Insane. Bulldozer. Right. The uppercut. And that's what I really kept waiting for last night was, I kept waiting for Wilder. I just thought Fury's going to gas, and Wilder's just going to beat the shit out of him, because Fury ultimately isn't going to be able to keep his arms up, but... Great shape. I mean, he was. He was in great shape overall, right? Who, Deontay? No, no, Fury. By the time you he, looked at him, he looked like he was in complete command. He was the aggressor yeah, the entire time. I didn't like him coming in at 273 for that fight. I mean, I but he was... What, would, what, what do you think he should have come in at? Well, I think he, they said he was 17 pounds heavier than he had fought. I think oh. he was 256 when they fought in, in 2018. God dang, 6'9", 256 almost seems thin to me. Yeah, yeah, but... And and again, it's, it's watching the Wilder corner... You you can't take anything away from me. I I just I love Tyson Fury for what he has been through in his life. Yeah, he's such an incredible guy. Uh, he's so great for the sport. Uh, there's he should be the guy for a while. Like he'll fucking. That's what I was gonna ask you next. Who does he fight next? Oh, he'll probably fight Anthony Joshua, and I think he beats the shit out of Joshua. I really do. Joshua's on a false high <laughs> after that Anthony uh, Ruiz fight. And he should uh, he should beat the shit or Andy Ruiz fight. Um, look, if I'm Wilder and they're talking today that they're going to utilize the immediate rematch, the problem is that that everybody is skipping over. And there was a great I'm trying to think of where this was that I just oh I know where I read it. Uh, Michael Bisping has a big a book out right okay. now from the UFC, and. I wanted to read one chapter and the chapter that I wanted to read with Bisping was the chapter about his fight with my former employer, Dan Henderson at UFC 100. Mike Bisping tells the story of how he coached against Dan and the ultimate fighter. He talks shit for four months. Yeah. He goes into that fight and the next thing he knows he's standing in the shower. And he's standing in the shower and he comes out and people are patting him on the back and he's like, Hey, you know what's going on? <clears throat> and he writes this in the book. It gives you chills, man. He goes, people are telling him, Hey, get dressed. And he, okay. And he gets dressed and he's like, what are we doing? And they tell him you got knocked out and he didn't know. He literally had wow. no, and he goes, he hit me so hard, I lost like a month. And he went back and watched it, and he talks amazingly about the devastation from a mental standpoint of getting knocked out from a guy and how it took him about two months, and eventually he just broke down because he was just so fucked up from doing it. That's the thing that nobody's talking about with Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, if he has a broken jaw, eventually the jaw will heal. The busted eardrum will heal. 
he got the shit beat out of him in that fight last night. And this, uh, and he really, in a lot of ways, got the shit beat out of him in the first fight. The idea that you're immediately just going to throw him back in against Fury when you could throw him in against Andy Ruiz yeah. or four, two or three other guys and make him feel like the bronze bomber again, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, dude, it's a confidence game. It's a mental game. I need my guy to stroll into that ring feeling like he's the baddest dude on the planet. I can't have him rolling in going, fuck, I didn't win one minute of the last yeah. fight because that's how guys get smoked again. How long, let's say doing it your way, okay? Uh-huh. And I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. I mean, mentally, you're right. How can you step back in there and think, I got a chance this time? Yeah. You're right. He didn't win five seconds of that fight. Right. Okay, so how long would it take him? I mean, we know boxing. It, it like takes two a while. So we're looking at a year and a half, two years? Yeah, 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 two fights. Depending on how severe the damage is, if the jaw's not broken and the eardrum's not punctured, you can get him back in in September, and then he could come back in April, and then fight again December, uh, what would that be? 2021. 2021. Yeah. That'd and, be interesting. Uh, and, and that gives... Um, now, at that time, could, could Tyson pick somebody else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He That's could, what I'm saying. I mean, what if no, you don't get, what could, if that opportunity doesn't come for three, four years? Oh, no, there's not, it, it's not deep enough division. It's not deep enough division where there's, there's not five or six no, guys I, I got, that I, lined up. I got that. You want to see the Joshua fight, and they're both British guys, so it would fucking pack Wembley Stadium or Tottenham or anywhere you want to go with that. And then, uh, and then you come back and you, you fight Wilder again. Wow, I tell you right now, looking at uh, Tyson yesterday was, I'm I, I just thinking, man, I, I love this sport when it's great and it's the heavyweights and this yeah. is the kind of the thing you I've been waiting for. American Pie? <laughs> yes. When when I, I I'm a fan, I'm honest, I was a fan of both guys. Yeah. I, I really didn't yeah, have, me too. like before the fight, who are you rooting for? I was rooting for Wilder just because he was from Tuscaloosa. My kid yeah. went to school in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. But otherwise, it didn't really matter. It wasn't going to affect my life. I just want to see a good fight. I just want to see the sport rebound. And I'm, we, you and I have been talking about this on the yeah. radio forever. Um, it's been so long. I mean, the yeah. glory days of the sports were, was before I could even appreciate how great it was. It was in the 70s. I didn't know yeah. any better. So I, it's like, wait wait a second. We got two big guys. This is going to be awesome. We're talking 6'9 and 6'7. These guys are monsters. Yeah. How great is this going to be? And it wasn't a, a a great fight. It was dominating for one guy. Yeah. The other guys that might might have made one guy's life might have ruined one guy's life you know, last night. Like you know what I mean. Wilder might not ever be the same fighter again. I think we'll find out within a week. I can't think of anybody, Jeff, in the last. And this even goes for Lennox Lewis in the last twenty five years that I thought was as impressive what I saw last night. I don't know anybody would land a punch on Tyson Fury like that with uh, his arms being so long. Yeah, he's so big. Um, but I think if we find out. Like, it, it was a huge win for Fury. Like I said, he's he's got so much natural charisma, more than Wilder has. And Wilder's a good dude. But I love this week when Jason Whitlock tried to make it racial. Why? And Tyson Fury's like, there's no racial angles yeah. in this fight. He goes, I have not a thing against Deontay Wilder other than the fact that I want to win this fight, he wants to win this fight. He goes, he doesn't have any racial undertones in him, and neither do I. That Whitlock's a pain in the ass. Dude, everybody says that. But, David's good. Why last night was a good night for boxing is boxing has been missing the, the, the 
who is the heavyweight champion? Yes. And for the last couple of years, whether it was Joshua or Ruiz for a few months or Wilder or anybody else, you know, the boxing people knew. Yeah. But not a whole lot. Going back to the Klitschko's, right? Yeah. But after (laughs) that dude last night, people know Tyson Fury. Oh, yeah, they do. My wife knows. My wife wife knew more about him than I did yesterday as I'm watching this fight. Right. And he, when you learn his backstory of who he is, his personality, and like I said, the road he traveled to get to where he was last night, you go, fuck yeah, I want to watch this dude again. So now it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. But if he fights Joshua and there's 90,000 people singing and going crazy, yeah. In a in a British soccer stadium, that'll be crazy too. That would be something else. That'd but be- yeah, but no, it wasn't a bad night. I I just don't think I think something happened to Wilder in that fight that fucked up his ability to compete at the level that he Wilder's a beast, man. For people that haven't watched him, go watch him in his fight against Brazil. He almost fucking beheads the guy. And he loved being heavyweight champion, man. Loved it. Wilder loved it. He was not a guy that got lazy and hung back and and enjoyed the riches. Man, he loved it. And that's why undefeated, came in in good shape, and something just rattled his cage and kind of fucked him up. But put him back together, get him back on track, and make a trilogy fight. There was always going to be a third fight anyway. Okay, let me ask you, because we're – as I said, I always sit there and always go to Jeff when it comes to the, the fight questions because you're better at it than anyone I know. Um, I want to just the ages real quick because you're talking uh-huh. about the strategy if you wait till you get back in the ring. Yeah. Wilder's 34. Wow. Fury's okay. 31. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Wilder hasn't been in a lot of toe to toe brawls. He was in the Fury fight. He had one other fight that I'm mind blanking on, but he doesn't have a lot of miles on him. Fury comes from a family of gypsies, man. He was in his last fight before this fight, supposed to be a tuna fight. He got a really nasty cut. Yeah. And it was crazy. But 31, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Wilder's coming back, dude. He's a proud guy. He's a proud champion. Nothing wrong with him at all. Class dude. Uh, He'll be back. But I just don't know when you lose that sense of invincibility, as Mike Bisping wrote about in the book. Yeah. And you got to come in there and you got to try to take that dude shot. But again, David's not like it's not like he got one punched. No, it's not like he got one punch and flattened and knocked out and fucking right. Where am I? He he just something was going on. Whether we other know the full story, I'm not sure. We may not. But if I'm his corner, I would say, yeah, we're going to do total disclosure. We're going to take nothing away from the performance of Fury. But for people that are like, Deontay, you don't look like the guy we look like. Well, yeah, shithead. A ruptured <laughs> eardrum. I could barely stand. And I think I think at the end, Dave, if it plays out the way I expect it, now nobody will have any problem with what Mark Breland did. People will still celebrate an incredible performance from Fury and we'll say, hey, Deontay, get healthy. We'll look forward to you competing again. What did you think about the part where uh, Tyson Fury was licking his blood? 
That was really fucking weird. That was like wrestling shit, huh? That's really weird. And he said, I want to taste his blood before the fight. That's creepy. That was like, creepy. I'm sorry. I love Fury. That's just weird. Yeah, my kid said that to me this morning. Like, why did he do that? The funniest shit, too. I'm watching this fight with my kid. Yeah. And he's all his brother goes down to watch NBA. Yeah. And he's like, guys, this is great. Like, I really like Tyson Fury. I don't dislike Wilder. <laughs> oh, no way. Dog. I go, what? Done. It's like nine o'clock at night. Yeah, done, dude. Shot. I was somewhere. I brought... What do you tell him? Wake him up. You're an eight. Wake the fuck up. I told him. I showed a picture of him. <laughs> Show him a picture today. I got a picture of him on my phone. Just passed out under a Padre blanket. He's got a big Padre blanket. He's done. A buddy of mine said he saw the fight at a movie theater last night. Oh, that's cool. I've and done that with a UFC card. That sounded like I would have rather done it, seen it that way. It yeah. was. It was 10 bucks to watch. Is that all it was? That's all it was in a movie theater on that big giant screen. Yeah, and you could that's hear. Fun. He said it was a great time. How you know? crowded? Uh, it, it, was, it was crowded. It was, it was packed, he said. But it was, said it was, it was great. Yeah. This, this was absolutely fantastic. I never, didn't even know that was still possible. We did that a couple years back. I can't remember the UFC fight, but um, they'll do it. And shit, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if you and I were at 1360 and we sponsored that. I don't remember. We may have because I feel like Miles Jury, who's now with Bellator, was there. And we went, it's weird, right? Because it's loud, but it's two-dimensional. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's old school. It's like old school closed circuit. For the Leonard, for the Ray Leonard, um, Marvin Hagler fight. I was living in London at the time, and we that's the way it used to be, go yeah. and watch it on closed circuit. And so I watched it. Uh, fuck, man. The undercard didn't even start to, because they're eight hours ahead, so the undercard started at 2 in the morning. So I got out to this movie theater at like 1.30, and... Yeah, two in the morning it started, and then by the time it was done, uh, let's see, it was just about, yeah, it ended at about probably 10 o'clock Pacific, so about 6 a.m. London time. Yeah. Come flying out of the movie theater after Ray Leonard beat Marvin Hagler on that split decision or, or whatever it was, and yeah, I just fucking remember, that was crazy too. We were all yeah. in there going wild, but... It's the way, I mean, I watched Holmes Cooney yeah. at the sports arena on a movie screen. Did yeah. you ever see anything on closed circuit? No, it's funny you fucking say that because I remember downtown Nashville. This is before uh -huh. downtowns were like cool to hang out with. Like you just, you don't want to go downtown at night. You know, crazy shit happens down there. Right. And I remember there was a theater downtown and it was, <laughs> it was where I saw Rocky II. Okay. But then when last, the next time we went downtown, it was a porn Oh, shit. You know, like they were advertising the porn. You could see yeah, it up top. Yeah, Rambone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ram Rambone. 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 Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones. All that shit. <laughs> Indiana, on Golden Blonde? Yes, all that. We get it. Okay, That's sorry. That's the kind of shit you would see. And I was like, I just saw Rocky too there. What's this porn? And it would say, yeah. it always had the three X's. Always. It lets you know. Hey, yeah, 
Well, yeah. Let's not get confused. All right. Yeah, because two, you're like, go get grandma. <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, the same theater, closed circuit, we got the fight. Really? It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I remember those three things, and I was like, I'm so confused at what's going on in this theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That theater, I remember in the arena, uh, being down there, I don't even know what we were seeing. And you came up and they used to have kind of not a video board, but kind of a digital board inside the arena uh-huh. that would advertise what was going on. And it said WrestleMania coming up with whatever the date was of the first one. It was like eight nineteen eighty five with yeah, Captain pro- Lou. Yeah. So we it made Madison been- Square Garden. I remember. Yeah, but I'm saying yes. down at uh, San Diego Sports Arena yeah. as you came in. And so that was on closed circuit wow. at the arena. But yeah, I saw Holmes Cooney there. We couldn't get in. I saw they did Hagler Duran at the stadium at Qualcomm. The the Marvin Hagler-Roberto yeah. Duran fight was on closed circuit at uh, at Jack Murphy. But I couldn't get in. For Hagler Hearns was sold out, no scalper tickets. We watched it on the back feed of the satellite truck. The guy who was running the satellite truck brought two monitors out because there were about 25 of us back there that couldn't get in the building. And he goes, Here, we'll hook you up. And I remember being interviewed for the paper by Ed (laughs) Zaralski. And I told Zeke that. I mean, Zeke and I are still friends. And I'm like, dude, you remember that shit? He's like, yeah, highlight of my career. <laughs> Interviewing guys in a parking lot. Interviewing guys in a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, my career peaked right then. Oh, that's hilarious. All Damn, right. that's funny. But see, but yeah. That shows you, though, at one time, boxing was just huge. I mean, you just named a bunch of fights that I remember everyone. Yeah. I remember everyone and almost where I was. Where I was. When... When Leonard lost to Duran, I was yeah, like, close I, I could not fucking believe it. I mean, yeah. I'm a little kid. I don't, wasn't even 10. And, uh, and I'm like, and looking at my dad, like, wait a second. You just explained to me how great this guy was from the 1976 Olympics. Yeah. Ray how did this just up. happen? He fought Duran's fight. Changed everything. Yeah. Came back in November. Changed everything. That was June. Came back. That was such a quick turnaround for that. That's the crazy shit on that. Uh, fought at Olympic Stadium in Montreal, and Duran got in his fucking head. Duran got in his head, and Ray tried to match him toe-to-toe, couldn't do it. And then he came back, I think it's November 25th in 1980 at the Superdome, and you knew it was going to be a different night. How about, okay, what was the, the time difference? Oh, shit. That the, was, what, June to November? Wow, man. When As a kid, it felt like years. Yeah, no, they they came right back. Wow. And then, because think about this, Dave. From June of 1980 to September of 81, Leonard, so whatever that is, in 15 months, fought Durant twice and Tommy Hearns. From, from, That's insane. Yeah, I think it's June 20th of 80 to September 16th of 81. Two fights with Durant and then the fight. And he may have had another fight before the Hearns fight. He may have fought... Um, he may have fought even another one before that. But anybody, when you watch that fight at the Superdome, 
you were concerned, right? Like, is Ray going to get fucked up here? The no Moss fight. Yeah. And that was when they brought Ray Charles in. Yeah. And Ray Charles sang, and Ray Leonard was so into it. And that's when he just fucking demolished Duran, yeah. ruined Duran in the no Moss fight. Yeah. And they won a third time, too, correct? Yeah, no? years later, okay, the that's Mirage. Right. That's right. But it was, I mean, Leonard won again. But yeah. it, Duran, 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 Duran was, wasn't the like same shit. guy. Yeah. I mean, you watch fights from Duran when he was young. Yeah. Holy shit. Crazy, man. Yeah, boxing was a big deal in my house when I was a kid. Between my, my dad telling me, I remember to watch the legs, just watch the guy's yeah. legs. But my grandfather was way into it. I oh, mean, yeah. just, just way into it. And then to see that a sport that was really one of the few sports where my family would talk about yeah. And try and explain to me how it worked, just kind of almost fall off the face of the earth as far as interest level goes. Yeah, it's different. Well, the other problem is, too, that when we were kids, the benefit that we had was fights on ABC Wild World yes. Sports, and you had Cosell there. Yep. Because I can remember, I mean, you had Ollie fights that would be on ABC. You could see that. But, I mean, remember when Leonard beat Benitez? Yeah, that fight's on ABC. Ken yeah. Norton, Larry Holmes, one of the craziest fights you'll ever see. George Foreman, Ron Lyle. These were all Saturday yeah, afternoon fights. I remember. And coast at the Sports Pavilion at Caesars Palace going crazy. But then, remember CBS had Ray Mancini. I remember that. And That was on Tim, my birthday. With Tim Ryan and Gil Clancy. Yep. And or Alexis Arguello. That's what I was just about to say. Alexis Arguello seemed like he was fighting all the time. Right. Knocked the fuck out of Kevin Rooney, Tyson's trainer. Remember Kevin Rooney? Arguello yeah. knocked him out in two rounds. Then here was, was Kevin the, Rooney still alive? Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. Well, Alexis Arguello is it. Who really won that fight? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but then the other crazy thing that CBS would do is they had Sean O'Grady cover ah, fights. Geez, I should take that back. Arguello died from suicide. Yeah, good I just job. looked it up. Sorry. There you go. Sorry. But they had Sean O'Grady calling fights. Yep. The bubblegum kid, right? 17 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Sean O'Grady right there. And then Sean O'Grady would fight. And he got the shit beat out of him on CBS by a guy named Andy Gannigan. Just he imagine that. Like, hey, how you doing? I'm the color guy. Then he just went in, just got the living shit beat out of him. <laughs> but... But Mancini, Alexis Arguello was one of the great. Remember with his dad there? Yeah. And I think Arguello knocks him out like the 13th or the 14th round. But then he comes back, beats Arturo Frias and Bobby Chacon and all those great fights. Man, and then, I mean, Dooku Kim. Yeah. But that, that's the one that was on my birthday. The, the, that was always came up on my sports calendar. Fuck. Was Fuck. The Dooku I watched Kim it. Fight. Oh, my God. Outside Caesar's Palace. Yeah, those outside fights, man. They were, they let these dudes fight. I mean, that was yeah. November, Dave. So November on a Saturday afternoon in Vegas. But goddamn Barry McGuigan fought outside, came from Dublin, fought outside in the sun at Caesars. Stevie Cruz almost took his fucking head off. I think that was Steve Cruz. I can't remember. But yeah, these guys, man, those outside fights at Caesars. Woof. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. All right, we, we we started off talking a little baseball because that's what we have on the television, just watching the, an Angel-Rockies game from earlier this morning. Looking at the Padres right now, I mean, mm -hmm. here's again, you're a big-time Padre fan. You know, we, we know everybody that's a big-time Padre fan, especially in this town. Padre baseball, to me, seems bigger than ever because the, the, they're the team. Yeah. Right now, how excited are you that the games have started, 
that, you know, hey, we'll get a chance to see what we have? Or do you have major concerns that, and I'll give credit to Darren on this. He pointed this out. He goes, only four positions guaranteed, basically, as of right now. Like, we know right. that Machado, Tatis, Hosmer, they're, that they're going to be there, and Pham's supposed to be on left. But otherwise, you don't know any of the other positions. I like the move they did today. I like just going out and signing Brian Dozier. I watch Brian Dozier play a lot for the Twins. Brian Dozier goes in. You get him for nothing. Because he isn't anything anymore. You're nothing Dude, anymore. he's fucking Ian Kinsler. You can write that down. Not. He doesn't have anything left. How old is he? He's not. He's not. Kinsler's not. Kinsler was like 36. Yeah, but we all knew it. that. We all knew that he was done. Just like the Twins, Dodgers, and Nationals. And now the Padres will all know he's done. Why they, would he get better all of a sudden here? You got him for nothing. He's 32. Yeah. What, how old's Kinsler? He's going to be 33. Let me see. God dang, if they're the same age, I'd be crazy. I think Ian's uh, older. Yeah, he's got to be. Um, no, but here, but I don't know. Here's the thing. I mean, he's with not Dozier. expected. It's just a, you sign him to a minor league. 37 is, uh, so he's 36 when they brought him in a year ago. Yeah. I mean, you didn't give him a crazy deal. It's a minor league deal. Yeah, I got it. I think Dozier ends up being your second baseman. On Do this you really? Head of pro far? Yeah. Better, crazy to say better defender. Neither one of them are really great anymore. We got him for nothing. But, dude, he hasn't done jack shit in such a long time. What did he do last year for the Nats? Last year, uh, 20 home runs. What the fuck is that? Well, you know what the fuck that is? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was hitting a fucking trash can for, for La big, last year, big D. I heard this stat today. It was interesting. 14 yeah. teams set their franchise record for home runs Including last year. Including the pods? The pods, I don't know if the pods are whatever, yeah. but here, the funny thing was four teams like have the four highest totals in major league baseball history. Your twins are one of them. Yeah. Dodgers yeah. are one. Yankees are one. Astros. It, but it, it was kind of crazy. We all knew the ball was crazy. 20 home runs, 238. Nobody cares about average Fuck. anymore, but me. Right. But remember, Howie Kendrick, who couldn't field for shit, was playing in front of him. I thought Kendrick was at first. Howie Kendrick. Was at first, and he was at second in the in the in the World Series. Brian Zimmerman, I mean Ryan Zimmerman, was there. Yeah, but Kendrick, even though as shitty as he was with the glove, he kept winning games with his bat. Had a crazy postseason. I'm just shocked at a guy like Dozier. Are you looking at? His I'm numbers? looking at him right now. Look at his numbers for the Twins. Go back, not yeah, 2019. Let me, Hold on, let me try and pull it up again. Go All ahead. right, but look at 2016, 17, 18. Oh, he, was, he was great. Honestly, he, yeah. when the Dodgers got him a few years ago, I was extremely happy. I followed him for a long time because he used to talk to me about him all the time. Yeah. With the Twins, he, he was he was very good. What numbers do you want to know about? Just like 16, 17, 18. 16 at 42 home runs. Right, 17? 34 home runs. And 18? 21. God damn. And then Where it, was he in 18? With the Dodgers? 18, he was with the Twins and the Dodgers. Combined hit 21. How many games? Um, let's see, uh, a lot, man. Um, 151. Fuck. So, Dave, I don't know. Last year, 135. And he, he, the only reason he paid 135, not because he was hurt. Everyone says he's a great teammate, by the way. Yeah. He's just, um, he just kind of into the road. I think he's just, he, he might he, be. He, he's Hosmer. I kind of like that. Yeah. Without 144 million. Yes. I like that move, though. If he's the starter, we'll mark this tape right here. On February 23rd, that Profar came in and we thought he was the guy, but it's Dozier. Um, we'll see. But to go get a guy like that. For what they got him for, no problem. Very low I got, risk. I got zero problem with it. Yeah, very low risk move. Um, one quick thing, because we could talk, we'll talk Padre baseball forever. This is it. I, I watched a lot of the Aztec game last night. I did too. And 
I I cannot begin to tell you, and if we were here last night when it was going on live, I would have lost my shit. What do you think I would have lost my shit about with that game? I don't know. What do you, what, what part what do you lose your mind on? I, I think the idea of unfurling that banner last night oh, yeah. is the stupidest fucking thing <laughs> I've ever seen. It was Dutcher's idea. Oh, I hated that idea. Just I like hated every bit. NBA uh, teams that all the time when they give out the rings and the banner and then they get their asses kicked on the, the opening night. It happens every year. Uh, you have a you have a rival, and I look at UNLV as one of the main guys. What's the rush? Like, why don't we wait and see what happens in the tournament before we worry about that banner? Man, I hated the look of that thing. I didn't like that at all. I thought if I'm sitting there on the UNLV bench right now, I'm like, these motherfuckers. Yeah. I, and if you're the coach, what are you saying? I'm saying these motherfuckers. <laughs> yes. I, look, man, it's one loss. You yeah. feel like they'll win on senior night on Tuesday with everybody else losing. But shit, you win that game last night. Aren't we talking? Yeah. Are they are they going to number one tomorrow? Baylor uh, lost? Baylor lost. Kansas only won that one. They would have gone to oh, number two. Okay, got it. Yeah, they would have gone to number two. So, God yeah, dang. I'm with you. If you're going to do the banner, why not do it on senior night? That way you don't have to worry. Everybody's right. there. But fuck, man. Jesus, Dutch. What are you doing? I Look, that... I'm with you 100% on this. That I had Ted on for a lot of that game, and Ted was great. I give a ton of credit to that team because it sounded like they were done, and then I watched the end of it. To, to have the chance to be in it at the end, I thought speaks a lot about that team. They were down... Fuck, Dave. It felt like they were down consistently. By 14 for a long time. Right. Over and over again. 14 and 7 and 9 and cutting it to 4. And now they're down by 9. And now they're back in. And it comes down to the end. I hated that thing, man. Yeah. I just... I It gave me... When I saw they did that, I go, God, I just hate the look of that. Um, you can't lose that game. Come on. UNLV was a 500 team coming in. And you're at home. How does that fucking happen? You don't think, though... You don't think that banner bullshit? Oh, I bullshit? think the banner does help. I think it's great motivation. I'm just saying you don't lose to UNLV. Jeez, in the past, yeah, but UNLV is a joke. They're a C team. They're, they aren't making the tournament. No. But God dang it. God dang it. I'll tell you what. Yes. Uh, and You know what? You guys aren't going to like any of this. You better enjoy Brian Dutcher while you got him. You're absolutely right. Surprise this hasn't come up on the show sooner. Because the Gophers are going to fire Richard Patino. They are? Richard Patino's done. He's out. And the one guy they're looking at is a guy whose father was the head coach at the University of Minnesota. Yeah. Coached in the Big Ten at Michigan. Uh, has ties from back there and has done an amazing job with a small team at San Diego State. And I think Brian Dutcher will be front and center for who the Gophers chase to replace Richard wow. Patino. And to go back where your dad was the head coach at the University of Minnesota, his dad had a lot of very popular guy back there. I think his, uh, I think Jim Dutcher is still alive to the to the best of my knowledge. Former Gophers coach, um, and the Gophers can lay the money out, man. And I think their their GM Mark Coyle did not hire Richard Patino. He is the guy who hired PJ Fleck. P.J. Fleck had a huge year for them, and I think he figures I can go out and do it again, and we'll see. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's going to go get 65-year-old John Beeline, 
who just got blown out at Cleveland. And I don't know who else is available, Dave, but I, I think the Gophers are going to fire Richard Pitino. Wow. And when they do, I think the guy they go after is Brian Dutcher. And if your dad coached there. Did I make you proud, Dad? I'm back. I'm back. You've got your own network. You've got a very – you're coaching in the Big Ten. You've got – you come into a program where you go, fuck, man. It, there's, there's no problems there. You can come right back in and do great. And, that would be something else. And not have to deal with any of the bullshit of the Mountain West. Right? Yeah. Ton of support. Yeah. Big money. I'm I'm I think the Gophers go after him and I think they go after him and they might get him. That would be something else. And I'm, then I'll tell you this. Go ahead. Tell me more. I think Marvin Menzies is the next head coach at San Diego State. Really? I know. I mean, who would? Who else would you go out and get, dude? I, I don't. I don't they even want to think. Keep it with the Fisher coaching tree. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it. I, it, it. It sucks because yeah, you lose coaches that win here, and we see out in football if you lost well, one in basketball and be shit. I will. I will tell you. I never thought they were doing the right thing, given just handing that job over to Dutcher. I always said I'll fucking eat crow. He has done an amazing job with that team and deserves full credit. Wow. I, Dave, yeah. you could have gone out. The point that I made, you agreed to it, but I'm I'm happy to put my name on it. I said, you open that job up, you, you're going to have a lot of people that want a shot at it. I don't know how many people could have done as good a job as Brian Dutcher did. I mean, Roy Williams isn't coming here, right? No. So uh, Dutcher's done an amazing job and deserves full credit. All those guys do for getting him, but... Do you know why uh, Jim Dutcher ended up leaving Minnesota? Do you remember? Well, he he replaced Bill Musselman, and Bill Musselman left because there had been the big brawl with Ohio State, and Jim Dutcher left. I don't remember. Okay, so he went. He was there in Minnesota from seventy-five to eighty-six. So he's still alive. Still alive. Okay. okay. I mean, his coach, and that was the last job he ever had, nineteen eighty-six. I was just looking up, trying to think, why in the hell hasn't this guy ever coached again? Yeah. So he was 312 and 163. God damn. Okay. The reason he ended up uh, that he stopped coaching was on uh, January 25th, 1986, three Gopher players were arrested on rape charges. And then they they forfeited their next game as they did their their against Northwestern, uh, signing arrest and a series of less serious incidents prior to the other arrests, not agreeing with the university's decision to forfeit the game. Dutcher resigned damn. as head coach. Damn. So I don't know if the name's in good standing in Minnesota. Oh, it is. Completely. It sounds pretty callous to rape. Well, he he didn't drive. No, but it says he didn't agree with the university's decisions about forfeiting the game because of the because of the rape accusation, so he resigned. Yeah, I I, I mean, today's world's different. 1986, this is what was going on. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know enough about the story to be able to tell you what was behind his thinking. What was his record back there? 312-163. God damn. I didn't even realize he had done that good a job for him. Yeah. Kind of nuts. He was also at Eastern Michigan for a short time in the 60s. Yeah. But he went there. I'm telling you. I tell, if, it's not, hey, if it's not Minnesota, someone else is knocking on the door. I guarantee it. I mean, yeah. everybody knows who he is now. Everybody knew there's one undefeated team in college basketball. Right. And he uh, recruited, done a nice job. I mean, what do you think? I, mean, I don't know how it would fly in the Big Ten if you're going and getting fifth-year seniors, but if you're... I think if you're an alumni, you have to understand most of these guys you're getting don't go to the NBA anyway. Why wouldn't you go ahead and grab fifth-year seniors? I think it's genius. 
Yeah. He uh I'm he, grabbing twenty two year olds playing against eighteen year olds. I'll take my chances. Different game, man. I, I think I I watched that program. My uncle is pretty involved back there with yeah. high school sports and the high school and college scene. And I asked him, I go, What about Dutcher? He goes, Man, yeah, pretty impressive what he's doing. Yeah. And again, they have their own network. They've got big time money in those programs. He could make money, could probably bring and I wonder, Dave, how many assistants does he bring with him, right? Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Keep an eye on it. We'll see. Especially could be the front end of something bigger. Stand by. Um, plus the further they go in the tournament. Yeah, you're absolutely right. How far do they go in the tournament? Because that's always the way it works, right? Shaka's smart, right? You get a big right. name all of a sudden. You can't stop saying who's this guy and following how good he is. Brad Stevens. This is yeah. this is where legends are made right here. Maybe bring Steve Alford back. <laughs> What's Brad Holland doing? Dude, I tell what you is what, Brad Holland doing. Where's Fred Trinkle? Is he still <laughs> driving the volunteer fire truck? You're an asshole, man. You're an asshole. Uh, maybe I am. You can't. Yeah, no maybe about it, <laughs> chum. <laughs> what are you guys doing driving a volunteer fire truck? And you're going to make fun of him? I'm not. I said that's what he might be doing. What the fuck are you hearing over I there? I thought you said, is he still driving the volunteer fire truck? I'd run the tape back if I knew how to do it. Fuck off. <laughs> you go fuck You're a me. hateful man. <laughs> go fuck your pinky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gonna tune in when Woods does play by play? For what? what you mean for what? Seals? No, he flew down to goddamn Peoria. When? Today. When's he doing play by play? I don't know. Uh, fuck. I'm sure. We'll no, hear I'm about definitely it. not tuning in. I'm sure he'll play it on his own show 80 times, and then he'll play it for a year. No, I'm not. I'll catch it. I promise you. Nothing against him. Well, listen to spring. Like no, I'm just not listening to spring training play by play. But even to hear him, fuck. Okay, what is he doing? Play by play or color? Uh, he's the analyst. Oh, that's what he should do. Yeah. Okay, tell me when. Well, fuck. I'll, what am I asking you? I'll text him and say, "When do you want?" I'll fucking yeah. listen. He's a friend. Uh, by the way, and we're not gonna go too far into this because yeah. I don't know what time it is. I feel like it's midnight. It's right? not. That's nine forty-five. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Um. Whatchamacallit, boy, they beat the shit. 97-3 going into baseball season. We got the numbers the other day. Maybe we'll talk about it on Wednesday night. Maybe we won't. I guess we'll find out and see. <laughs> All I know is uh, Ben and Woods beat the shit out of the morning show. Coach beat the dog shit out of the midday show on 1360. And Gwyn Jesus, and Darren is Eric Elsmer. That's exactly what's going on. You know who Darren Big is? contract, he's, no payoff. He's Deontay Wilder. <laughs> Poor Darren. He has no fucking signal. And the and the only guy getting it fucking worse than Darren is Steve Hartman, who's the goddamn yeah. 1980 Russian Olympic hockey team. He's getting fucking beat left, right, and top to bottom. Dude, Demolished. How do you pay three guys to do a show to Ugh. get zero listeners? Fuck, three guys i i got it it's crazy as hell all nice guys still no one's listening nope Fuck, not like dude. that i can't honestly i can't imagine doing a show that way and turning the mic on and thinking we're doing this for each other in this room yeah 97 three. Oh, and i'll tell you this 
I'll tell you this, old friend. Uh, Rome beat the herd. Wow, so they lost every single part. Every day part. Men 25-54 is a clear win for Benny Woods, for Rome, for... Hey. And for uh, Gwen and Chris. That was your best impression. That's all you got? Just mailing it in? <laughs> he fucking mails it in every day, and he's winning like four to yeah. one. <laughs> winning big. Credit, man. Got to give credit to the big man out of Tory Pines. Oh, look at that. That's the nicest thing you've ever said. I He's, he's winning convincingly. Yes. I'm sorry. That's a convincing win. You have to acknowledge the win. It's a tough media town. You know, when you interview Tommy Pham and he wants to punch everyone in San Diego right in the fucking face, you guys really show your stride. Did you hear that fucking interview? With who? Tommy Pham talking to Marty and John Howard. He no. has no time for fucking anybody. Dude. Really? He seemed so irritated. Like, this is the best we got. And he looks, no offense to everyone who loves the brown. He looks like a goddamn jackass wearing those brown. What? Dry fit shirt. The Browns is ugly. You guys got to admit, it is ugly as fuck. I like the home jersey. Oh, my God. The home jersey's fine because yeah. it's mostly white. Well, that's true. Is He sits there, and he doesn't want to answer anyone's question. And he and he's sitting there going, looking at John Howard, who does nothing but ask, so who's your favorite comedian? Comedian? <laughs> like, Did you see, what? You see the Academy Awards? See, see Steve Martin? And I'm just like, holy fuck, John. What are you doing? Hey, and John, then, you're acting like a shithead. He had, <laughs> he had no time for Marty. You excited nope. when you got the news you're coming to San Diego? We won 96 games in Tampa last year. <laughs> like, that answer's no. Is that what he said? Yeah, because we won 96 games in Tampa last year. Like Shit. Like, are you guys fucking insane? Yeah. We, we, were, play, we were one of the better teams in Major League Baseball playing against the Yankees and the Red Sox. Wow. Good he, for him. He, and he didn't go, and I'm coming here. What do you know about yeah. San Diego? Because I don't know anything. What do you know about this organization? I don't know anything. I just got here. I mean, he wasn't putting San Diego down or the Padres no. down, but he at the same time he had no interest in talking and running through the bullshit. And Marty, poor Marty, she goes, "Man, you're such a tough worker, and your work ethic is well known." Really? Because I don't think I work hard enough. Tells her straight to her face, no and it's like, shit. and then as she's taking a beating, here's John. Hey, you see Steve Martin in the Academy Awards? What? And he just. It's like, Kyle, you're going to need a new number two because I don't think John's going to make it back from Arizona. He's not coming back. Jesus. What a dick. <laughs> Meaning Howard, yeah. not fam. No, I kind of loved it. I kind of liked it. I, got I no like time Tommy Pham. Yeah, I do here. too. I got no time for bullshit is what Tommy Pham is saying. We're here to play baseball. Good. Don't throw me these stupid questions. Yeah, save it, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, let's go. Before we get to, you'll like the how old are they and how much they're worth, by the way, some okay. of the names on here. But before we get to that, I want to mention Taylor May Pools, Alan Taylor, or Taylor May Pools. Right before you walked in, someone texted me and said, what's that number again for Taylor mm. May Pools? We're ready to make a move. My wife and I have decided this is what we're going to do. And I said, you got it. I'll send you the number right now. That number is 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. 20 years in San Diego. Again, Alan Taylor, Taylor May Pools. Best pools that you can imagine. You can imagine through the virtual 3D designs tour. Don't forget, Alan Taylor knows what he's doing, whether it's a saltwater technology. He's building waterfalls, grotto slides. He's turning your backyard into a staycation. All you have to do is make that phone call. Well, it's crazy when you realize week from tonight is March 1st. 
And right behind that, we flip the clocks back so that it'll no longer be dark at 6 o'clock at night. Next thing you know, the sun's out till 7, and then it's 8. And you know what that means? It means it's a perfect time to be in the backyard celebrating that brand-new tailor-made pool. Oh, wait, did you wait? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, you know what? I mean, I swear to God, I guess I could just walk over there and dial the goddamn phone for you. <laughs> I thought... I thought you could handle that part. I thought when I laid out that you don't have to drive anywhere anymore, and as much as I love being at Mission Bay, I'd much rather be in my own backyard enjoying the benefits of a tailor-made pool, but I will tell you shortly why that hasn't happened yet. But for a lot of you, you don't have the same challenges I do, other than the fact you're just lazy as fuck. (laughs) But, hey, you know what? That's why we put erasers on pencils. You made a mistake. It's all right. Resolve it tomorrow. Pick up that phone. Give Alan a call. Before you know it, you guys will be looking at that 3D uh, 3D design ready to go. And by the time the summer's here, shit, you'll be loving life, jackass. (laughs) That's the kind of thing in the radio that once I get you written up. (laughs) See what you're able to do here? Yeah, I love it. Hey, sometimes you need a little tough love. Because if it encourages somebody, I tell you what, in July, when it's hot, yeah, and you're like, God, it's hot as cactus piss out here, but I got my new pool, you're all gonna say, Jeff, thanks. And I'll say, you know what? I'll just I'll just give you that nod like that. You betcha. You betcha, Robert Redford. <laughs> that video of Robert Redford with the big yeah. beard. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just nod. Everything'll be fine. Brian Curry, who's been selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years as well. He's the guy that's won a ton of awards. He's the guy that I use because he's the best in the business. You name the community you want to live in, he'll help you find the home. You name the street you want to live on, he'll help you find that home. He's the guy to talk to, whether you're upsizing or you're downsizing. You're just looking for a little bit of change in your life. Brian Curry has all the answers for your questions. 619-251-1588-619. Two five one one five eight eight. Man, my sons and I were at Mission Bay. Yeah. There's this dude that we see all the time. He's an incredibly cool guy. And Dave, he he lives out of his motorhome and he has a solar panel that I mean, for the people that are not in the garage tonight, my apologies. But Dave, it's about the size of two of those uh garage panels. Yeah. And he just puts this thing out and it grabs the energy. And it's cooking meth. He might be. I don't think he is. But my sons got into this conversation and they were saying, wow, that's pretty cool. And you're trying to figure out everything that he has in there. Where's the bed? Where's the refrigerator? Right? The guy's got a TV. And then my one son came up with the most brilliant thing ever. He goes, you know why I couldn't? stay in that thing why well, i couldn't live there forever and his brother said no how come he goes because i got too many cool posters to hang on the wall is that what he said he goes you can't hang a poster in there and his brother goes Shh, you can't <laughs> so that's it when you go to brian curry you talk about all the time what street am i gonna live in what neighborhood am i gonna live in <laughs> fuck that brian am i gonna have enough wall space to hang my posters yeah. bro because that's why I need Heather to know. Thomas isn't going to hang herself. Right. Yes. 
Well, yeah, right now it's Cal Ripken. They've got Cal Ripken. Do they have Cal Ripken? Yeah, I gave it to him. It's a framed. Where did they get Cal Ripken? Uh, it was mine, and I passed it along to him. My buddy got me the coolest thing. Yes, yeah. you know those aluminum, like newspaper, like the printing press, yeah. printing plate. It's the day after he set the record, and okay. it's framed, and it's from the Baltimore Sun, and they think it's really cool. You should have got one of them that, and the other one, the Billy Ripken one with the card, <laughs> where he's holding the bat. It says "fuck face" yeah. on the bottom. Um. But that's gonna be the thing, man. You yeah. gotta you gotta be able to put all the things on your wall. You know how it is yeah. when you're a kid. Man, in their room they got you know, they got all kinds of shit. Toy Story's still up on the wall. They're they're not ready to, to say goodbye to Woody and Buzz yet. Yeah. But then they got uh Connor McDavid, Jordan. Cool. Those guys, Cal Ripkins up on the wall. All kinds of fun stuff. You know, speaking of athletes, today, did your kids watch the Celtics Lakers at all today? Yeah. Did you see Bill Russell? I thought that was great. That was really cool. Is uh, For anyone who missed it, uh, Bill Russell, who obviously has more championships than anybody, but one thing about Kobe Bryant, he was such a fan of the history of the game. Yeah. And he had a great relationship with Bill Russell. I mean, very, yeah. very close with him. And would call him all the time and ask him questions about how to be better and what it takes to win. And Bill Russell, obviously Mr. Celtic, walks yep. into that Laker game today wearing Kobe Bryant's jersey. Was cool as shit. I loved what LeBron said afterwards, too. That if it had gone the other way, we would have found a way to do it the other way. Like yeah. somebody, oh, I agree. Somebody would have been there. By the way, Dave, you bring that up. And again, our thanks to Brian Curry. I do want to, before we, yeah. we get to one other thing, um, it's such peace of mind to have a guy like Brian on our team so that in a couple of months when I'm buying that house, I know that I've got the right guy representing yeah. me. I, I don't want to joke about that. It's a huge decision that so many people go through and you want to make sure that the day you get the keys or you're doing those signatures, man, you're so excited about it. nobody better than Brian. Um, tomorrow morning at 10, we're already there. It's the Kobe Memorial. So I've got a lot of news for you. Now, I know some of you will be getting this later than others, but if you have DirecTV or Spectrum down here, uh, it'll be broadcast live on the Lakers channel beginning at 10 a.m. Yeah. So at 10 a.m. on Spectrum, it's, it's scheduled to run to one and they're under a lot of pressure to get that thing done because they got to break that thing down and get ready for a Clippers game tomorrow night. I mean, it's different than yeah with the ice, but they got to get it out. They're expecting 20,000 people in that building tomorrow. But you go, well, Jeff, you know what? I don't have DirecTV or Spectrum. I've cut the cord and I've gone to Hulu or Sling TV. Well, guess what? I got you guys covered, too. Uh, because that's where my kids are at. My kids got rid of DirecTV, and they now are going Hulu TV. If you are streaming from what I saw in the LA Times, I believe there's a channel that you guys should all have called ABC News Live, and they are scheduled to run it tomorrow. Now, I haven't seen anything for ESPN. No, ESPN's carrying it. ESPN is yeah. carrying it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, ESPN, the main one or two? It's supposed to be on the main channel, but as far as I know. But also, which means on your watch, ESPN app, whatever you should be able to get on your phone. Yeah, it starts at 10 a.m. Pacific. And as yeah. uh, as we get ready to go, Dave, maybe as you're pulling that up, 
I'll take a look at the guide just to make sure tomorrow we'll take a look and see um, if the ESPN channels are set to have it because, yeah, I think all of us want to see it. Man, it's been fun today on ESPN doing a bunch of uh, Miracle and Willie O'Ree shit today was great. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, the memorial for Kobe tomorrow morning at 10. For any of us that have Spectrum, it'll be there. Otherwise, uh, keep an eye out and we'll see. See, I'm not seeing it. Go up one. You're on 207. There you oh, go. there we go. Okay, Dave's right. So cool. On ESPN TV 2, beginning at 10. Cool. But they've got it only going until noon. It's supposed to go until 1 o'clock. Well, I guarantee they're going to cut out NBA the jump. No, but I'm saying for anybody setting your DVR. Got it. Uh, set your DVR and catch or record the jump too because it, yeah. the Staples Center is planning for it to go from 10 to one thirty. Yeah. So make sure you got that covered. But then It'll uh, be interesting. The Celtics stayed oh, overnight for it tomorrow. They did. The, the Sacramento Kings, who played on Saturday, stayed all the way to Monday for it tomorrow. Dude, so incredible. It's, uh, oh, they're going to be everywhere. Michael Jordan's going to be there. I mean, everybody is going to be there. Yeah. Is, is an NBA Do we know who's man. speaking yet? I don't know. I don't know who's speaking. It's um, it, it's going to be very interesting. It's amazing how quickly all the tickets were gone. Like we yeah. talked about it being at the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl yeah. or some huge place like that. I guess they just decided there, saying this is where Kobe made his name. Built the house yeah, of Kobe built, exactly. right? Yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, a lot of people in LA. I know would have loved to have been there. Yeah, probably just Dave the logistics too. Uh, get them in and get them out. I imagine. I also want to mention. Hey, look at this transition. Dan Williams. He's your guy. When we talk about buying that house, guess what? Dan wants to help you buy that house. He wants to yeah. get you out of the rental market. Everybody knows when you're renting, guess what? That check, it disappears. You don't get anything for that money except for a place to live. There's not an investment there at all. Dan understands you've been losing money for years. He wants to help you out. You need to call Dan. He can walk you through the process and start turning your financial life around. This is what you do. You call Dan at 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813, or it's Daniel at sanigolending.us. I think you owe Dan an apology. I did not like the way you addressed him yesterday. All that no. shit talking. <laughs> All that shit talking going through Point Loma and Helix. And oh, my look God. Look at you. You're the catbird seat the whole time. Your team's ranked number one. They're doing great. I, I mean, listen, I never went to Helix. And my kids are two years away from being there, but yeah. they're all in. My yeah. son, my Why not? son, they're winners. Well, yeah, but I mean, my son walks around town wearing Helix T-shirts. That's cool. Yeah, his mom got him hooked up. But when uh, what did Dan claimed? Otai Ranch Mustangs is the Harvard of what? The South Bay of the South Bay, and you said as long as you can read the scoreboard, I guess that qualifies yeah. you. Because wow. we swept them last year. Oh, shit. <laughs> Otay Ranch is a really good program. It just the three main schools down enough. in this area are, are East Lake Bonita and Otay Ranch. Uh, man, I tell you, I'm finally, after buying 10,000 concert tickets, I'm finally seeing the light and digging out. For at, now. Yeah, for now. My sons are like, hey, there's. are we going to the Angels? No. <laughs> The monkeys are coming to town. <laughs> hey, Dad, what about the Globetrotters today? No. <laughs> Nothing. Dan, see, I'm learning. You're saying no to shit. And slowly but surely, you start to find your way out. But I I find it, Dave, it, it really is. Taxes are coming up. Yeah. Braces are coming up. 
you want to be able to, and all kidding aside, when you have a financial plan, you can pay your mortgage, you can take care of your taxes, you can get your kids in braces, yep. but you can still do things like the Stones or maybe Pearl Jam if you're responsible. If you have a plan in place that you go, hey, you know what? I can do this because here's my schedule. I have a schedule for when my checks come in and when my payments need to go out. And, oh, if my minimum payment's 25, but I'm going to pay 125, I'm going to get that thing down. It's all things I learned with Dan. Yeah. Now, Borrow Smart, Repay Smart is such a great book, but the ultimate goal is not just to pay off concert tickets, it's to get in the house. And the way you have to do that is by having a financial plan in place that allows you to maintain or increase your credit score and then you get to be able to make the decisions you've wanted to make because your finances will allow you to do so. 858-688-6813. I also want to mention Kyle Fluger, that perfect website for you. All you have to do is make the phone call to 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Again, Kyle has helped us out. He can help you. He did uh, jakesprojects.org. Again, I want to thank Brandon Watson, who's a fan of the show. Yeah. Who was made, made a donation to uh, jakesprojects.org and told me, fuck the Dodgers, even though I'm doing it because he loves the show. But I very much appreciate Brandon making a, dude, a, a donation. And again, to DaveAndJeffShow.com. But we loved what he's done for our website. He's helped out so many people that we know. I encourage you to make this phone call to help your help your business grow. 619-500-6621. Uh, we have to launch Douche of the Day. <laughs> Like douche of the day. That we would be big. Yeah, douche of the day. Just think of how many people you see in the parking lot. Mission Bay. I'm sitting there just hanging out. We were getting ready to leave. There's 50 trash cans, and the guy cleans up after his fucking pit bull and drops it right in the trash can next to me. No way. There's 50. Like, if I launch douche of the day, I'm like, hey, dude, hold still. Great. That's a good picture. Oh, thanks, coach. Where's that going? It's going on my website, Douche of the Day. <laughs> Your Saturday's winner. Like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, use this coupon code. You can buy your shirt. Hey, I was the douche of the day. <laughs> Dumb fuck. God, people are so stupid. My kid said to me today, <laughs> they, they died laughing because... We went to lunch, and this waitress was so slow. And I say under my breath, God damn, let's go, Four Eyes. And my son stopped. That's the funniest shit ever. Like you made it up? No, not like that. Oh, okay. But they're like, 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 what are you, third grade? Yeah. Like, Four Eyes? And I go, and they go, you only did that to make us laugh, of right? Course. I go, yeah, of course. I go, but she is annoying as shit. And they were dying laughing. But yeah. I haven't quite told them that I'm going to get rich uh, doing the Douche of the Day website. But I, I think, just think of everybody you have. And you could just hashtag it DOD. Right? Yes, I love Here it. Here we go. All right. That's really good stuff. I like it. Yeah. And my man, Tim Griffin, Stanford graduate, who texted me the other day and said, hey, do me a favor. Ask Brett Boone how USC did against Stanford. We beat the shit out of him. <laughs> And he goes, Jesus Christ, did that guy throw tantrums like a maniac? You shocked by that? Hold on. Did your friend make it the pros? No, but he won at Stanford. Okay. Well, is your friend sitting at home right now with nothing to do with $45 million in the bank? 
I think Brett won. Maybe I, you should have thrown some more tantrums, Tim. Is uh is Brett a Patreon subscriber? No, he's not. All right, then you shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. You know who needs to shut his fucking mouth? He's your boy Nick Canapa. What'd he do? Fucking Nick, dude. This guy. And what it's fucking forty did? times. I just I'm looking at the thing right now where he's talking uh, the about the bike lane? No, talking about guys at the I combine. Saying they're, he, so they're all fake and shit. I got it, but he They're has, all laser timed, you asshole. What are you oh, talking? Shit. It's not some idiot with a fucking stopwatch. It's all laser timed. There's no cheating. You start and you finish. You understand? Fuck face. <laughs> People get faster. That. If Jesse Owens ran the fucking in the Olympics now, he wouldn't even register in the top 25 times. People get faster and stronger. Well, Good hang on. God. Wait. What you're saying, though, how do you know Jesse Owens doesn't get faster? Because, hang on. If he has the same benefit, if he's not relying on Jim Dietz to push stop and go on the stopwatch. <laughs> he has some decent shoes. Right. Right. He's got decent shoes, and he's got the benefit of the, the laser timing, too. Dave, how do we know that if he had that same technology that he doesn't? If he had a dietitian that give him macaroni and cheese before he ran? Yeah. Look, I'm just telling you, people yeah. get bigger and stronger all the time. For him I to sit it. there and rip these fucking guys. Steve Austin oh will God. make him bigger. Yes. Stronger. This fucking guy, for as long as I've known Nick, he always talks about, he loves track and field, by the way. Loves it. Loves it. But he's delusional. I'll tell you what, you missed it. When they put the boards in at the sports arena, and it was the Sunkissed Invitational. Yeah. Seb- what, Sebastian Coe? Yeah. Steve Scott, man. Fuck. Dave. Uh, Did you ever go? Have you seen Dave, it in person? I listen, as much as we fuck around, yeah. Old school San Diegans that listen to this show will tell you that is one of the most exciting events that has ever come through this town. And if you hear it, you go indoor track meet. I'm I'm just telling I've, you. I've seen I've seen video and pictures of it. The the sports arena at that time. God damn. Why it was, did that fail? Or why did that not keep I going? Can't, I don't know the answer to because that. Because I mean, in, in like Europe, other parts of the world, it's yeah. huge. But in the United States, it, we just didn't keep it. Right. And I don't know. I can't tell Santa you. Santa Monica Track Club. Right. Yeah. All those dudes. But they, I mean, you had pole vault. You had long jumps set up. But they ran on those fucking boards. And it was this. Anybody sun- ever fall off? <laughs> no, but you had Mary Decker, yeah. man. I just remember... Dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was color. It was yeah, yeah. It was colorful the whole deal. I'm, yeah, like I remember orange everything. and yeah. yellow. Yeah, and I feel like blue was one of them. But holy shit! And it wasn't, you know, Hal Ketchum yeah. small town Saturday night. We're just fucking drinking beers right at the drive-in. Like that was legit excitement. Where you go, okay, I don't really get old school soccers with Julie V but these were dudes that were world-class Olympic athletes yeah. that were getting after it. Fuck. That was fun. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go. All right. Here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're okay. going to fire through these. We're going to do again. They're going to start with February 23rd, but I'm going to give you the sure. 24th also because it's February is a weird month. Not a lot of names. Um, we'll start off with Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. I can't think about it. You always think of Dakota Fanning as a little kid, right? She's the blonde chick, right? Yep. yep. Um, kind of weird looking. Now she is. She plays she Squeaky From or something in a movie. Fuck, dude, I don't even know. All right, Dakota Fanning. God, I'm fuck. I'm way out. Twenty nine. 
26. Oh, okay. Pretty good. Yeah, no, she, um, God damn, what the fuck? Uh, I'm trying to give you some, I want to see what movies that you might know her from. Um, yeah, but everyone knew her as, uh, as just that, that little cute kid. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she grew up to not be such a cute kid. 22 million. She is worth $16 million. All right. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. I think's married to the dude from The Office, right? That's right. 40? 16. Oh, sorry. Shit, let's fuck that up. 37. And how much okay. is she worth? Because I just gave it to you. 16 million. Man, you're good at this game. <laughs> Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is... How old would he have been? He, oh, shit. That's really good. 67? 64. Oh, okay. Died at 56. Damn. Uh, that long, huh? How much is he worth? Oh, my God. Dude, what was Jobs worth? Fuck. 1.2? 10.2 billion dollars. Holy fuck! Yep. Holy fuck, that's crazy. 10.2 billion. Did you ever see that Steve Jobs movie? It was kind of done kind of shitty. Was it Affleck? Was it? It was, uh, I don't even know who was, who was the guy that played him. It was It was kind of sad, man. Like, he was yeah. a dick. He wasn't wasn't a cool dude. Tom Wopat, who played the way him. they did the movie wasn't it wasn't a cool dude. It just um, Grant Goody wasn't what. <laughs> Fuck, that's funny, dude. Did, did that guy from Made Is Enough ever do anything again? No, did he sing the theme song? Oh fuck, I think never he did. saw him sing it live like that other fraud, Patrick Swayze. Oh my god, dude, that's funny as shit, dude. Um, did Eddie Murphy ever sing "Party All the Time" live? You always say you, you say video? that one, yeah, only on the video. Yeah, those guys never sang those fucking songs. Oh my god, Mike, uh, Michael Fassbender played uh, Steve Jobs. Ah uh, shit, okay, but they made another one too. They had like two movies. The one I, I was think thinking Affleck, was when it came out in 2015. I think Affleck. Did he play him in a movie? Yeah. All right, that's right. Okay. Here we go. George, excuse me. We'll go Ric Flair starting with tomorrow. Ric Flair. God damn, dude. Ric Flair. Oh, shit. Let me think about this. Mm. He's got to be. I'm going to say Flair's 68. 70. Wow. Yep, 70. Can you believe that? Yeah. The Nature Boy? The Nature Boy is 70. Now, his money is surprising to me. Because he's lost a shitload of it, and he's always in debt. What, what was this thing? What was he doing? He was high. Uh, he was uh, yeah, Learjet flying, yeah. freewheeling, kiss stealing. Yes, limousine that's riding. Why, that's why. That's Rolex right. Rolex That's why he doesn't have a lot of money. Fuck. He told you, Dave. Does he have three million? It's exactly right. Yeah, three million. God, he's doing card shows. He's all over the place if you follow him on social media. Okay, this one right here, another guy who's passed away, George Harrison. Oh, shit. Um, hmm. George Harrison, 78. 77. All right. He was 58 when he passed. How much, how much is he worth? See, the thing is, because he didn't write. Is he, is he Ace Fraley? That's what you're wondering, right? Well, no, he wrote. he wrote songs that, you know. Something in the way she moves, like Ace Fraley. What did he write? Shock me. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't hey, even write Hard Ace, Luck Woman. Ace Fraley lost all his money in silver metallic makeup. That yeah, spent it all. Yeah, and fucking. Uh, it's worth a hundred and forty dollars. Moisturizer. <laughs> moisturizer. Yeah. Get rid of the fucking rash. Um, George Harrison wrote a handful of songs. I'm gonna say he's worth a uh, hundred million. Four hundred million. Fuck. Okay. Sean Astin. 
Sean Astin, Rudy. Rudy. But who's my favorite in 51st States? Fuck, I don't know that I ever saw that movie. You never saw that movie with no. Adam Sandler? Oh, God dang, you would love it because there's a scene in there that's the he he, he, play, he plays a guy with a lisp the entire oh, time, shit. which is right up your alley. But you know, you, do you know the storyline? Yeah, that, that she's yeah, she has, her memory goes every day. Yeah, so he just keeps going. It's like Groundhog Day, right? Yeah, so he makes a makes a bet with her. He goes, loser does the dishes. If I can tell you how the Vikings score this touchdown, because they watch the same <laughs> Viking game every day. I like that. He's Good like, work. I, he's like, I say, Cole Pepper hands it off and throw the path to Kleinfather. And then, boom. God, you're good, Doug. You should be the coach. Dad drills a shoe at him and shit. Fucking betting Viking games with her. Uh, Sean Astin's going to be 48. That's funny. He's 48 now. Going to be 49. Oh, wow. How much is he worth? This one's a tough one. I'm going to say $18 million. Close. $20 million. All right. $20 million I bucks. think I win both showcases there. He right. um, Goonies. He was in Goonies. Yeah. Your, your, kid watch, your kids watch Goonies? Um, I think so. Goonies, Rudy, as you know, and yeah. then uh, he was on the last season of Big Bang Theory. Has he an was? Age, yeah, has an age real well. Yeah. All right, two more for you. Chelsea, Han Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler is 51. 45. Fuck me. God damn, that'd get me. <laughs> uh, I think she made some dough, though, Dave. I'm going to say I she's worth... $50 million. $40 million. $40, God. $40 million. And here's the last one here. Carrot right. Top. This son of a bitch. <laughs> That's why I saved him for last. This son of a bitch. He's going to be 53. 55. 55. Yeah. He did the Joe Piscopo move. Funny guy, then decided to start lifting weights like crazy. Yeah, get all yoked yeah. out. <laughs> like anyone who goofed on Carrot Top, he'd beat the fuck out of you. Yeah, he'll fucking <laughs> pound you. How much then, is he worth? And then fucking put a toilet lid over your head. This is going to be the shocker of the night right here. He makes a shitload of money in Vegas. I'm going to say he's worth $40 million. $75 million. No shit. Can you believe that? I think he gets fucking laid. I think he fucks. <sighs> Can, I mean, okay. like, not like. That's a great question. You know what? You should put that on Twitter in your poll question. Because yeah. here's the deal. Yeah, he probably gets laid, but there's not one girl that will ever admit to a fucking carrot top, right? right. Nobody admits to going, hey, I fuck carrot top. Right. <laughs> right. 70 million but he's probably like seems like a good dude like he's not yeah, doing no, the cheater not, gift basket move right no 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 he's not doing the cheater gift basket move but it's amazing 75 million dollars for this guy yeah he doesn't seem like a bad dude i don't know why he all of a sudden he's become like a huge enemy is he it's is, like what's that group oh nickel nickelback if you have uh, rips the shit of those fuckers like, fuck, I have nothing against them one way or another. I don't own any of their songs, but no. it's like they are target number one about music. Oh, they suck. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. You can't. <laughs> Can you imagine? Dude, if you were to say they were going to be at the Super Bowl halftime show, people were like boycott watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I fucking flew to Atlanta and saw Enrique Iglesias. Yeah. I mean, he was halftime. I didn't go, hey. Yeah. He's playing the Fox Theater. Here I go. Remember when people lost their shit when they did Coldplay at the halftime show? God, I can't stand Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't fucking stand See, Coldplay. A lot of people can't. Dude, I'm not a fan either. I'm just saying Nickelback and Coldplay, if you say that like in a bar, someone will punch yeah. you in the face. Go, They're my favorite group. You just scream that out. I'll give you 20 bucks if you scream out. Coldplay? Yeah. I need more Coldplay. Someone, uh, someone will jack you. Let's end this way. Give me, uh, give me a couple of bands that you don't like that really make people upset. 
Ah, oh, man, that's a good question. I'll start. I don't Go like ahead. Bob Dylan. No, oh, I hate Bob Dylan. Yeah. I'm not. A, I don't like the Doors. I like the Doors. Uh, Nobody here gets out alive. Was a pretty incredible book, Danny Sugarman. Because the thing about the Doors, when you look at Densmore, and I wonder, Dave, I wonder if there's similarities between the Doors and Nirvana. Because Densmore, Robbie Krieger, and Ray Manzarek were relatively normal. Yeah. And Morrison was so fucking out there. Like, I wonder if it was the same thing with Dave Grohl and the other guys in Nirvana for Cobain. But Doors, I'm not, like, L.A. Woman's so fucking fun. Live Glory is great. But I can't listen to the end. This is the end. Yeah. I can't like I can't do that but there's a bunch of shit that I do like for the doors uh Dylan's one trying to think of who else Coldplay shit (laughs) you have any others you go right there I'm not a big CCR fan really Fogarty Live is great yeah that is kind of a little overrated Luke Bryan yeah, I, I do like Luke Bryan. Um, I'm right now I'm going through a, a list of bands because things were popping into my head when you were saying that. The ones that are very, very popular and stuff. Uh, God dang, a lot of them I like in here. I'm sitting here looking through that I like. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I always think of The Doors are the first one where I'm like, fuck The Doors. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> you go to concerts. Phil Spector's number 64 on Rolling Stones. Phil Spector. Uh are you, are you embarrassed to admit at one point you like Phil Collins? Cause yeah, that's one of those go, things. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of one. In hindsight, like, you yeah. go, fuck. Yeah, that I've seen him three times. That's I've him never three seen times in the 80s. Concert. Grateful Dead. Fuck the Grateful Dead. Fuck the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. One of the most overrated fucking. Right? Yeah, completely. Where you at on Buffett? Yeah. No, fuck a Buffett. I'm not a Buffett guy at all. Yeah. Nope. You're, no, you're right. Forget those guys limited right yep absolutely every song sounds the same to me yeah all right that's good the, hold on i gotta find i gotta get one out another one in there for you right now i'm liking a lot of these what the fuck's patty smith ranked number 47 oh fuck that janice joplin's 46 what is it janice joplin no i got that but what do you what list are you looking at i'm looking at rolling stones top 100 bands of all time oh there you go yeah let's fuck. go start just go backwards from 25 to 1, and I'll tell you, yay or nay. Okay, hold on. Doors, by the way, was number 40, or 41. Simon and Garfunkel is number 40. Uh, fuck those two. Art. <laughs> Warrior Herbison's 37. Okay, wait a minute. No, but are you... Okay, fuck Neil Young. God, yeah, Neil Young I can't fucking take. <laughs> All right, where are you starting? Just start and I'm go. trying to. Oh, I'm scrolling down. This goddamn thing is long as hell. Hold on here. All um, right, I thought you just had the list. No, no, no. It's a whole, they, the whole write-up on everybody. All right, 25 is Fats Domino. Well, in one song, Blueberry he, Hill. He's number, he's number 25. Yeah, great. Fucking 24 is Jerry Lee Lewis. God damn, Jerry Lee, don't go drinking with Killer. Fucking don't introduce him to your 12-year-old sister. I, okay, I almost said I almost said this one because I think a lot of his music is, is overrated, but the older I get, the more I seem to like him. It's okay. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Springsteen's great. I, I like him. U2 is 22, which surprised me. I thought they'd be in the top 10 for sure. They're cool. Um, I like them. Otis Redding is 21. How's Otis Redding ahead of U2? Right. What fuck. the fuck's going on? I don't know how many of those he wrote. Okay. Number 20 is Bo Diddley. 
What the fuck? <laughs> hey, you know what they're doing? They're like, we better put some black acts in here, guys. <laughs> God damn, we're going to have protests. I mean, Bo Diddley's cool. I don't know. Bo Diddley's cool. Okay. But- 19 is the Velvet Underground. What the hell? Oh, fuck Lou Reed. Lou Reed's the most overrated fucking... Fuck Lou Reed and fuck the talking heads, Dude, I'm too. with you 100%. God damn. Everybody just pauses and they whisper. Fucking Stern gets a little fucking stiffy yeah. talking about Lou Reed all he the does. time. He does. Enough. 18's great. Marvin Gaye. Oh, yeah. The man. 17, Muddy Waters. Ah, all right. Muddy and his band opened for ZZ Top on the 1981 tour. How the these fuck guys, are they number 17? Dude, these guys are all great. I just don't know where I'd put them in that list. Maybe, and you know, Dave, in fairness, with Bo Diddley or Muddy Waters, I don't know their whole entire... Not better than Springsteen. Right. You too. Yeah. Great, impactful, definite difference makers. This one's right up your alley. Number 16, Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke was so far ahead of his time owned his music rights, wrote, produced, held everything. No doubt in my mind, Sam Cooke was murdered. Watch the documentary. There's no fucking way. The mob wanted Sam's money, and he wasn't giving it. And uh, and I feel like Sam Cooke was murdered. I, I can't believe they haven't done a movie about the life of Sam Cooke. He was amazing. Amazing. So far ahead of his time. Incredible. All right. Here's one of my favorites. Okay. Every time I hear one of these songs, it always puts me in a good mood. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder is a fucking machine, dude. Where's Smokey? Uh, well, I don't know. Let's keep going down. Okay. 14 Led Zeppelin. Ah, uh, yeah. They're, uh, they're yeah, pretty I'm fucking big awesome. Fan. 13, yeah. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, dude, what he had done when that plane went down, they were saying, reading about uh, Kobe's pilot, they say that may have been the same thing that killed... Uh, Richie Valens, Big Bopper, and Buddy Holly. My mom saw that tour uh, in a small town in Minnesota like four days before. It may not even been that. may have been two days before that plane went down. Buddy Holly was like 23 years old when he died. Yeah. When you look at all the hit songs that he had that have held for, what, 50 years or whatever since the plane went down? Man. Yeah. From Lubbock, Texas. And that fucking movie with... uh, with Gary Busey. It's great. great. And I'll B- tell best you, job Gary Busey ever did. Well, yeah. And Gary Busey uh, playing guitar, singing in that movie. I can't speak for Charles. What's that guy's name? Charles Smith, whatever. The guy from American Graffiti yeah. plays the stand-up bass. But I think the guy's name on drums is Don Strader. And he's playing drums in that fucking yeah. movie, too. Dude, those guys. That's a great movie, the Buddy Holly yeah. By the way, American Graffiti sucks. Yeah. Horrible yeah. movie. Overrated. Yeah. All right. 12, Beach Boys. Brian Wilson, Heroes and Villains, one of the saddest books you'll ever read, man. When a parent, uh, Murray Wilson, should have fucking loved his son, Brian, was brilliant, and he fucking ruined that kid. And then the, I mean, you had Dennis Wilson couldn't fucking play drums to save his life. What am I? <laughs> he just couldn't. I mean, he could do enough, right? But, dude, you're talking about the Beach Boys. You're talking about his brother. So they brought in John Stamos. Right. Clean it up. And, um, dude, the guy from the Wrecking Crew. They had the guys from the Wrecking Crew that came in and played. Dennis Wilson was friends with Manson. Jesus. Crazy shit. That is crazy. Yeah, Beach Boys are incredible. 11, Bob Marley. 
Ah, uh, yeah, fuck, man. It's, it's a fucking machine right there. Ten, Ray Charles. Oh, dude, right? Yes. I mean, did anybody really have a full grasp of his impact, what he'd been through until you saw that movie? Dude, I'd say that is a tough movie to watch, man. Yeah. There's a couple things in that movie. It's just really hard to watch. Yeah. Number nine, Aretha Franklin. Oh, fuck. I haven't seen it, but that documentary they say that's out about her right now. Incredible, yeah. I got to see that. Number eight, Little Richard. Uh, you better have fucking Smokey Robinson on this Dude, list. Dude, just relax. Um, yeah, I mean, all right. It's, uh, no, he's probably for Little Richard. Dude, come on. It's 48. What are we doing here? He's ahead of Sam Cooke. <laughs> Little Richard has like the worst name of all time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, it was funny when Stern was talking about him the other day. He was like, was he gay or whatever? He's like, he's like, wouldn't it be funny if Little Richard was just fucking every yeah. chick in town? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be crazy. There's no way that guy's fucking no ahead way. of Sam Cooke. Come on. Stop it. James Brown, number seven. Again, I mean... Yeah, he was James Brown was pretty badass. Uh, number six, Jimi Hendrix. Not six. <laughs> I, I mean, incredible. Yep. And our last trip to Monterey as a family, our last trip, I went and took my kids. One of my favorite pictures of my sons were on the stage where the Monterey Pop Festival took place. Man, yeah. we're like. Pete Townsend smashed the guitar. They they were like, hey, bro, what? And that's where Jimi Hendrix set his guitar on fire. Janis yeah. Joplin, you know, everybody, that whole thing, man. But I have a picture of my son standing on that stage. It's pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. Number five, Chuck Berry. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. Pretty, pretty fucking cool. Okay. Four, Rolling Stones. Huge. Huge. Incredible. Okay. Number three, Elvis Presley. Yeah, I mean, yeah, awesome. Number two, you're going to pull your hair out. It's Bob Dylan. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, look, I respect people. I, I respect everybody who, who loves him. I just don't get it. Like, for me, I don't, I don't get it. People get all... Dude, I'm with you. If, I was, if, if, I, if my family lets a new Bob Dylan yeah. and he called me every once in a while, I'd, go, I'd just roll my eyes when I saw his name on the phone. Hey, I don't, hey. Yeah. Dude, if I hear that shit, fuck, it's Bob again. What, you gay? <laughs> Dude, it would be terrible. <laughs> right? Dude, I like your Bob Dylan impression. <laughs> I like it better than Coach, I think. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and they got the Beatles number one? Yeah, Beatles are number one. We gotta get the fuck out of here. What are we doing? We hear you. Yeah. Dude, this is this podcast has gone like an hour fifty six already. What late? <laughs> All right. When are we coming back? We'll be back Wednesday night. All right. Good deal. All right. See you. It's not.
So let's